Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I said blue moon. You saw me standing out Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And there's Wembley fever in the studio this week as my three guests look forward to yet another Wembley trip on Sunday, this time an FA Cup semi-final against the Arsenal. And we will also look back at a fine win and a particularly a fine second-half performance against Southampton on Saturday. And if we have time, we'll talk about City's women, the youth team, and lots, lots more. So to help me to do that are three regulars to the Man City Show and all fresh from Joe Hart's 30th birthday party. I saw the pictures. Uh, welcome to A View from a Blue, Stephen Allwise. Hello, hello. Uh, MCFC pragmatist, Nick Goldstone. Hi. And Mrs. Collaroff herself, <laughs> Lisa Rabinowitz. <laughs> Hi. How was, how was Joe's 30th, Lisa? I saw the pictures there. So you. It's dr- all a blur. Yeah, you don't remember. No. No? Joe, Joe Hart, 30 years of age, never to return to a lime green Manchester City shirt, I think it's fair to say, isn't it, Stephen? He's, he's he, gone, he hasn't he? He suits lime green so well, it's such a shame. Yeah. He's made a few blunders as well, hasn't he, this year? He's... he's uh, not like him, is it? <laughs> Absence makes the heart grow fonder and how easily we forget that he was dropped for by both Pellegrini and Mancini. Exactly. Would he get in the side now? No, because the manager not. doesn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. Uh, should we look, uh, can we look forward first to yet another, another trip to our, our second home, really, isn't it, Nick? Uh, the Wembley Stadium. Looking forward to that? Got your ticket, I know. There's, there's just nothing like it. Um, I, 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 I've been saying to my kids for years and to everyone else who ever listens to me, don't, um, don't take it for granted going to Wembley because you never know when you're going to go back. Well, we're certainly going on Sunday. And Any clues from the recent league game, do you think? Can we look at that league game and are there any clues there or is it just you know, the usual one-off, anything can happen in a one-off cup game at Wembley? Is, is that real? Or can we learn any lessons from the, the trip to the Emirates a few weeks ago? I don't think we can, and part, I think partly that's because with both sides, both Arsenal and City, you don't know what's going to turn up from one week to the next. So I take, I'm going to take it that it's going to be one of those one-off Wembley games and hope that the best version of us turns up and the worst version of Arsenal turns up. But if the best... Ber- <laughs> the best ver- <laughs> See, I'm still drunk from Joe Hart's 30th birthday. If the best version of Arsenal turn up, on paper they've got a decent side. I mean, we want to buy a couple of their players, don't we? We've... Already, they're our feeder club after all. They're, they're not. They're not great in recent form. Uh, they've been pretty poor, and even in the league game against us, it was two points dropped from our side because they were very, very average, and we we were pretty poor as well in the game. But we'll win comfortably. It's fine. We're we're a better team than they are. I think. Great confidence from a view from the yeah, blue. Not, not usual. It's, I was going to say. Why, so why particularly? Why just you? Just, I don't think they're great at the moment. There's. All the whole Wenger issue and fans and potentially players being a touch mutinous. Um, I think we're a very good team and if we click in any way in an attacking sense, we'll be fine. 
And we will look forward uh, shortly, or sorry, we look back rather, to the, the fantastic second half performance uh, on Saturday where, as Stephen says, going forward we are awesome and we scored two or three brilliant goals. Uh, what are your kids saying then? What's their prediction then, Nick, about, uh, about the game at the weekend? There's not a. I don't think there's a huge amount between the teams. It's probably it's a, you know it's a good time to play Arsenal. They're obviously at a bad point in their their time, not just a season, but ever. Um, but they're not that bad. Um, you know, we beat them in a fairly c- close game a few months ago. We got a point off them at the Emirates. Uh, but you know, there's not a huge amount between the two teams. They're both prone to defensive errors, and they've both got a lot of attacking potential us probably a little bit more than them I would say at the moment and in terms of team changes what, what thoughts have you got in terms of how he thinks, you think he's going to set ourselves up I mean, at the moment he's interchanging the keeper quite regularly we talked about Joe Hart but he's, uh, he's actually played Bravo in the last couple of games which surprised a few people thinking that uh, Willie was our first choice yeah I mean I heard some comments somewhere that he was sort of rotating them in one way or another now I don't know to be honest I've no idea. <laughs> I'd rather see Caballero in goal personally, but um, who knows? And in terms of the setup, then uh, around whoever, have you got a view on the keeper? I first? think the keeper's interesting because in the cup games he's played the one who's been on the bench for the league, mm. which for the last two games has been Caballero. But I, I don't think any of us could predict who he's going to put in net. Um, Navas at right back worries me. Um, I think people are getting massively carried away with the fact he's had couple of average games there and I, I I worry against for him against Sanchez I think is the one area of the pitch where they are massively superior I they think can isolate be, that I think you're being harsh I'm not Mr. I, I, I can't defend are. which is not his fault I'm, I'm not critical if he gets beaten in a one-on-one situation you know he's not a right back and personally I don't think he offers us enough going forward to counter lack of defensive ability, Lisa, you've been you've been a. I think the listeners to this podcast will know you've been a fan of Navas. You, when people have been knocking him for 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 playing sort of wide on the right and slightly further forward than he has been the last couple of games, you've been fairly supportive of him, and you've been reacting here to what Stephen's been saying. Yeah, I I I have been supportive of him, and I still of him, and I still am. I completely agree with. I don't see him as a defender, and that isn't his fault. He's being put. He's being played there and asked to do a job that he's doing okay. But what's happening is Delph or Fernandinho or whoever else is in that position in midfield is moving back to right back to cover. And I think he offers more going forward than everyone gives him credit for. I know he doesn't score goals very often and someone will tell me it's been three seasons or whatever, but that I think he's created three goals in the past two games and created more chances that people haven't actually done anything with. And if, if, if that was Silva putting that ball in or De Bruyne putting that ball in, the criticism would not be as great as it is. The, the criticism would be on the person who isn't in the box or the forward who didn't get their head on it or whatever. It's Navas, so it's Navas's fault, which I think is not the right reaction. I don't think he's a world beater. I don't think he's the answer to all our, our problems. He's not a right back. I thought he was saving Zabaleta. Um, it, a couple of games back I thought he wasn't playing Zabaleta because he wanted to play him in the Southampton game and then play him in the um, Arsenal in the, in the semi-final because Sanya is injured but it looks like we will see Navas at right back that's, uh, that's what it's pointing to however Guardiola has surprised us so many times we'll probably have Bravo at right back Navas in goal and Caballero up front 
Yeah. <laughs> I think. Well, I'll give you a pound. I'll give Could you a work. pound. I'll give you a pound if that happens. I mean, I know Pep's been. Pep is known for sort of, sort of trying different things and players in different positions. Nick, what's your view of Navas? I mean, well, you knew we were going to talk about it today. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything particularly innovative about playing him at right back. I think he's like the fifth player or something that we've had at right back. So he's almost just the the last man left to have a go. But I think from Pep's perspective, I could see that if he wants a really quick attacking wing back, then he's he is a man who fits that mould as opposed to a defending uh, uh, as opposed to a defender. Um, but you know, would you want him to be starting as our right back next year? As in, you know, and expecting to win the title? Obviously not. But he, you know, that's the job he does, and he's he's actually a. He has been a little bit more effective than in the past in that role because he's been the extra man overlapping in that role, going going up the wing. Um, and I agree, it's not all, it's it, it, that it, it, it's not um, all bad from his perspective. Um, he does put a lot of balls in, and um, there are times when he puts the right ball in, but there's no one there. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of other times when he he plays the wrong ball. Yeah. But you, you know, you've just got to accept. That that's the player he is, and at the moment he is a stopgap as a right back, um, and he does a job as an as an attacking right back, and that's it. Lisa, I also think the other thing you get from him is an effort. He will always. He, I don't think he lets the team down. He's paid one hundred and twenty grand a week for. Yeah, it, but there you? are plenty of them who don't. And, and name and, names, Rabinowitz. Name names. Who's not putting a shift in at the moment? Well, then, I think sometimes you? De Bruyne doesn't put a shift in. He's you know, and it's it, and it's easy to. You know, yes, I know he will score the amazing goal or have the amazing pass, and every all all is forgotten. But for eighty minutes, we're thinking, we're wondering where he is. And but it's not. I just think that Navas will do a job. He'll do what he's asked to do, and he'll do the best he can at it. And not everyone, not every player does that. And if, I, I think if, it's all very well wishing for something else, but. If you look at the alternatives, Stephen, there are, there aren't many, are there? And, well, Zabaleta's on the bench. For me, it's pretty simple. Zabaleta, you play. And you tell him to limit how much he goes forward so he's not isolated against Sanchez, he's not caught out of position. I think where Navas has benefited is Sterling not playing. And actually that's where we've needed someone on the wing who can, you know, who does have that bit of pace. But I think Sterling should play and I think Zabaleta should play and put Navas on the bench. I think if Sterling plays, um, Zabaleta has to play. Sterling and Navas together does not work at all. Yeah. It's it, That's a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I, I'd agree with that. I just want to just come back finally before I don't want to talk about Navas all, all, all day. Um, but I think you've been slightly... Um, I don't think you've been entirely kind and fair because, yeah, Pep does try different things, tries players in different positions. We've seen that all over the park, haven't we, with different players? There are, I don't think there are that many opportu- uh, many options. Zabaleta, we know, doesn't have the space, that, the pace that he had four or five years ago. Um, not them saying that he's finished by any means. And I think he's actually looked very, very good. And I think, you know, taking Lisa's point, you know, he works hard defensively. We know even when he was playing further forward, he, he took his defensive duties very seriously. And I think going forward, he's, he's actually added a different dimension. I think he's done a good job. You've got an opportunity to come back no, on that. You've downgraded but, very, very good to good in but, later in the sense. I think he's okay, but we have better options defensively and going forward. And I think it worked to a degree against Arsenal. He got booked after about five minutes in the league game and was on ten to hooks the rest of the match. I think it's stubborn now to keep him in the team. It's like playing Collar off at centre back. 
you know is it innovative is it brilliant is it clever or is it a bit iffy and you're not quite sure because really it's not going to be a long-term thing and again at the beginning of the season next year are you wanting to see him at right back no although we, we played collar off in the first game of this season and look how this one's turned out but talking of centre-backs mm-hmm. i think that was a nice little um <laughs> company has to play if he's fit and i'm sure he will um and his performance against Southampton is why, despite all the injuries, you keep faith in him because he's our best defender and he's the leader of that squad. Next to him, though, is the key question because if Stones is fit, I'd play Stones. But he wasn't even on the bench at the weekend. Not sure if there's a the nick, there's a niggle there. Otamendi, Kolarov, both have mistakes in them, but both kind of are that kind of rugged, no nonsense defender that Pep likes. Cliche seems to have played the last few games at left back, so it's got to be Stones and Company, hasn't it? If, if they're both if, fit, if they're that's fit. got to be that's our first, first choice centre back pairing, surely. Absolutely, and I want to see Stones playing with Company because I think that's how we'll see the improvement. Instead, I think you, it's clear to see the ability that Stones has, but he's only going to improve with someone like Company alongside him. And but for me, Company, it's the it's the lead. It's not just it's the passion, it's the leadership, and I, it frightens me how much we rely on it, but we do. And it is such a difference when he is there as the captain compared to anyone else as the captain. And you talk about leadership a lot, Lisa, and, and I think we saw that, didn't we? I wasn't sort of planning to quite go to the uh, Southampton game yet, but just, just on company, just for a moment, and we will come back to that game. He does add that, doesn't he? And, and we don't know what he's shouting and what he's saying to players around him, but just defensively, we just look like a stronger unit. Yeah, and it's just an overall kind of, this sounds ridiculous, an aura that he has. You know, even when it's speaking to the referee, he just... He gets rid of everyone else, whereas when Silver's the captain and he goes to speak to the referee, you've got like three of them coming and joining in and Silver doesn't have that authority. It's little things like that just show you that he has got those leadership skills that nobody else has. Before before we look at the sort of the, the sort of midfield and, and, and the strikers or the sort of the, the, the remaining seven strikers, however he's going to play things, Pep, at the weekend. Left back, any thoughts on that? We've picked the rest of the side apart from the keeper, which we're not sure doesn't really matter. Who, who are you going for at left back then, Stephen? I'd be happy with Clichy. I think he's he's played well the last few games. Um, he's better. He's improved on the ball, actually. I think that's one of the, the things that, that you've noticed under Pep this season, that he's a lot more comfortable keeping the ball on the ground, not just hoofing it down the wing. Quicker than Kolarov, better defensively. I'd go for Clichy. And let's look a bit further forward then, because I think we're all nodding on the, on the whole Clichy question. Just talk about that amazing attacking, for, attacking force that uh, we've enjoyed, uh, certainly in the last couple of weeks. Is it, does it pick itself? Are we saying that Sterling has to play? If we've gone for Zabaleta at right back with Navas on the bench, presumably Sterling right side, and you've got De Bruyne in there. Have you gone to sleep? Are you still with us? I guess it, I'm perming any from any from from the six or the seven. Yeah. Does Sterling have to play? Uh, if Zaba plays, then Sterling's more likely to play. Am I desperate to see Sterling play? Not especially. Um, I think he's not set the world alight in the past couple of months or so, uh, regardless of some of the media hype around him. Um, uh, you know I, what, what I think is important is that Aguero has a good game. Um, he's got to be really on it. He's been slightly up and down for me over the past month or so. Um, but I'd really like to see. It. And he's had a few question marks over him over the recent years in terms of how he plays in the big games. And a little bit of that is again sort of apocryphal. But you know, 
I'd really like to see Aguero have a fantastic match and really make the difference. Well, let me make it easy then. In terms of Fernandinho, Yaya, De Bruyne, Silva, Aguero, Sane, who who do you leave out then of, of that? I, th- I think the choice is Sterling or Yaya. Because mm. if Sterling plays, De Bruyne drops back into the middle. Otherwise, it's Yaya in and De Bruyne shifted slightly out to the right. For me, I'd play Sterling. I'd, I agree with Nick. I think he's been a bit in and out over the last month. Not necessarily his fault. He's played a bit off, off the bench coming on late in games. Yaya, I just don't think he has the legs anymore. Um, Wembley, everyone talks about being a very big pitch. I think Yaya has certain qualities, but when Arsenal move the ball quickly in midfield, I think he can get bypassed quite easily. Are you playing Yaya or are you, are you resting him? I might make the decision between De Bruyne and Yaya, but I, 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 would, play, I would play Sterling. Um, I don't know, I, just, I, I, I worry a little bit. Fernandinho on his own sometimes worries me. I don't know whether Yaya helps or not. I, get, I, I was just I reminded myself that Delph played a couple of games yeah. and, and did and that's against the other Arsenal thing. and Chelsea. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. I mean, Delph was also not even, I think he was in, I think him and Stones both had an injury at the weekend, so I don't know what the situation with that is. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, yeah, and it's a nice problem to have. All right, before we take a break, can we just talk about the other semi very quickly, which is obviously Spurs, Chelsea. Any, any thoughts on that? Who, who the favourites are for you, Nick? I guess the favourites must be Chelsea, although it's very, very tight. Uh, I'd love to see Spurs win it, but I, only because I want to see, only because I want to play them in the final. All right. Any other thoughts between you two? Spurs are the favourites. I would hate to have to play them in the final because they would easily beat us. <laughs> um, I've been saying all season that I think Spurs are the best team in the league, um, and they may yet go on to prove me right. We'll, we may come back to that. Chelsea or Spurs? I, I for you? think whilst our game will be very open and entertaining, I think Chelsea Spurs will be more of a tactical, gritty battle. I think Spurs form that they're in are probably favourites. All right, listen on that. Let's take a quick break and we're back straight after this. Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well, no, that's that's the acting. <laughs> from behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. <laughs> For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. Welcome back. Uh, let's focus on the league. And first question before we talk about City is, can Spurs catch Chelsea for the Premier League title then? Let's start with that one with you, Lisa. Nice, easy one. Um, I sincerely hope not. Um, But I think they could. I think they have a slightly easier run-in than Chelsea. And I don't think Chelsea are that good. I think that the press have handed them the title however long ago. And I think they've... I, I just think Spurs are a much better side. I think... The, the only thing, it's only what, it's four points now. If 
if, and I said this a few weeks ago, if Spurs still had to play Chelsea, then I think easily Spurs would win the league. Now it's... But it just whether the doubt starts to creep in to Chelsea and whether Spurs can can cope with the pressure again of being that chasing team. I think this time they will. Um, and they coped fine without Kane and now he's back. And yeah, I mean, I hate Spurs with a passion. So it it really pains me to say it, but I think they've got a good squad, a good manager. And really, if they did win it, they deserve to. Are you in Lisa's camp on this one? I think Chelsea will still nick it um, I agree I think we saw against United when Alonso had to go off injured in the warm up they they haven't got a squad they've been so fortunate with injuries and suspensions they choose from the same 13 players and it's tended to be Fabregas and Willian on the bench otherwise you can name the starting 11 and then you look at the base kids and it's unproven players and they looked awful against United I had no idea how to to combat the man marking and Spurs are in great form and play brilliant football but I think Chelsea have established enough of a lead all right and I'm going to just go straight to City actually with you Nick if I may and and will we make the top four because we we sit sit there now but well, it's fair to say that Stratford are snap at our heels and uh, if, are, are we comfortable are we going to make it well if if United win on Sunday while we're at Wembley and then we lose to them at in the derby then um, they're, they're ahead of us aren't they so uh, it's exceptionally tight um, I suspect that we will do it uh, just in recent years we've the last two years in particular we've had a very good run last half a dozen games uh, and virtually won all, all of them each season I think um, to scrape up and, and, uh, uh, um, and make it um, but it's not guaranteed by any means at the start of the season, Lisa, just to remind everybody, you, you're somebody who said, actually, you weren't that bothered if we didn't get in the top four. So I think you said we could finish sixth, I think, was your prediction. Said, you're still sixth, or you... I said we could finish anywhere from first to sixth, and I wasn't sure how much I was bothered about it. Now I'm, I'm slightly concerned, because we do need to recruit some players, and being in the Champions League would help. Um, hopefully the manager will be enough of a draw. I just I just think it's impossible to to call at the moment, because... There's four teams. It's between, four teams going for two places, and and I a great piece of commentary in BT Sport the other day. Oh, Manchester City last four of the last six matches are at home, so that's good for them. And then about five minutes later, of course, Manchester City have more points away from home than they do at the Etihad. Well, you know, home for home is not been great for us this season, and. And we, you know, every game is difficult. And I've said it before, everyone wants to beat us. I don't know what it is. Everyone seems to play better against us than they do against anyone else. And I'll say it again. If the best version of us turns up for at least 45 minutes, hopefully the first 45 minutes of every match, yes, we'll probably do it. But the the derby is key. You're in buoyant yeah sort of, comfortably well, finished third by I, at least I, four points. I, knew you'd say that. <laughs> I could just see you're in that. You've Liverpool just... aren't great. United aren't great. We'll win. How many games have you we got left? Be six. Six, six, six left. We'll win five. Not that long ago, you said we'd comfortably be second. That's very true. <laughs> uh, I didn't think Spurs would quite <laughs> continue there, but we'll comfortably finish third. And in terms of Pep, let's kind of sort of review Pep season as well. Nick, you can kick off on this. Six games to go. How would you kind of view his first season in, in English football? Well, I've spent probably a little bit more time than his. Is, than is healthy looking at some of the numbers in the past couple of days. 
And the first one is that we've got two points less now than we had at the end of the year last year, which is this, quite surprising at this, at this, at this point, point now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we are comfortably going to beat the total of the points that we got last year, um, even though we, we managed to s- scrape into uh, to fourth. Um, our, away, our away record is fantastic. Our home record is pretty awful. Uh, we've had all those terrible draws at home where we've either given away late goals, missed penalties, or... Um, missed lots or of chances. Or, 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 yeah, missed loads of chances. Um, but, you know, all the other stats are a bit of a mix. You know, we are fourth. We're about the fourth best in terms of the number of goals we've scored. We've got the fourth best defensive record. Um, it, there's not a great deal to come out of the numbers that I can see, except that actually when you look at the points, we've got more than, we will have more than we had last year. But is it a better season overall? It comes down to to the softer things like what you feel, what your expectations were beforehand, what they are now, where you, where you, where you want to be. Um, and it, uh, for me, there's still the same, despite the better points total, there's still the same thing this year as there was last for me, which is the uh, uh, the tendency to lose concentration and lose goals, uh, the missing of chances, and that sort of g- going through the motions at times rather than the real passion and um, and, and 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 hunger, and that's what's really been the downside of of the year for me and with Pep that he's not made for me a tangible improvement on that side of things I mean to take on us of an aging side that only just sort of crept into fourth place is Nick Nick fair I think we I think look we started the season so well and then we probably had an extended I don't know two three months where we went off the boil and it didn't feel as if Pep had the answer to that we kept muddling through and and it went on for a while and I think we've now come out the other side of that and I actually think we're playing quite well in a lot of games. What we're not doing is scoring. We're not taking enough chances. And in the last few years, I mean, relatively speaking, we've we've scored five or six quite frequently, not just the 6-1 against United, but we often seem to, you know, 5-0, 5-1-6. And we've barely done that this season. I know there was five against Monaco and, and West Ham in one of the games, but Pep's been saying pretty much after every game don't blame the defence it's the fact that we're missing chances and I think if we'd have turned a couple of the draws into deserved victories we'd all be saying it's been a good season not great but he's laid the foundations for the future and I'm just personally excited for the summer transfer window Mm. and to see what squad he'll have for next year because I think he has moved us forward I mean, the thing is, we don't know what the season's going to end like, of course. We could end up here with a, an FA Cup, another FA Cup victory, uh, and a, a sort of a, a top four finish in the Champions League. And, and you would then, I think, say that would be brilliant. Potentially, we could lose in the semi final, not even get to a final at Wembley, um, and also potentially finish outside the top four, where you'd say it's been a bit of a disaster, really, or not. I wouldn't say it's a disaster. I Like, you know, I expected this kind of thing to happen. And I think it's um, because of the squad he inherited and the situation he's walked into. I think, I, I agree that there's been times when I've thought, oh dear, we are going to break Pep Guardiola. But I think that I, I am very optimistic about next season. For one, when Jesus is 
Jesus is fit, then, I mean, those chances that we're not converting now, I think they'll all be going in. And if we'd have converted some of those draws into wins, we wouldn't just be saying it's good. We'd probably be going to win the league. I mean, I, I know I've said all these things about Spurs being the best team, but I think we're very, very close to being a very, very good side. And it, but it's dependent on sorting out the defence and also bearing in mind that whoever we buy will probably get injured for about three months after about a week after we've bought them. So we need to factor that in as well. Yeah, and uh, I'm not saying it's been a, a, a disaster by any means. And again, you know, the the points will show that we're going to get more than we got last year. Um, but um, when you take the run that we had prior to the last couple of games okay we beat Hull we beat Southampton but then we didn't beat Chelsea we didn't beat Arsenal we didn't beat Liverpool and we didn't uh, win uh, uh, the Champions League game and that was just a massive downer on the on the rest of the season we've got another chance now because we've got two massive games in the next week um, and potentially a third one being being the cup final if we make it and that could bring everything back up again but if that doesn't, you know, if we if we don't manage those games again, then it just feels a little bit of a disappointment to me. Um, but by no means a disaster. And I think we have played a lot better in the last couple of months. Just picking up on what you said about transfer, sort of summer transfers, I think in a future show we'll we'll talk about sort of who we should be looking for, the positions and the areas in which we've got weaknesses. And I think, I think we, if we just look back to last summer signings and see how they fared, you've got, I think it's again split down the middle. You've got Sané, Stones... And Jesus, who look great and you know, will be part of the team for the next five plus years. Gundogan's been massively hit by injuries, but Pep clearly likes him. Nolito hasn't quite worked out. Bravo hasn't worked out. Um, you sure? But the, yeah, well, he's back in the team now. <laughs> Debatable. But the defence is the key issue this summer. I'm sure we'll sign a striker or an attacking midfielder. What he does with the defence is key. All right, well, I'll say we'll, we'll definitely revisit that and uh, maybe a show you're on, Stephen. I know you <clears throat> keep your eye on what's happening across Europe all of the time. You also keep your eye on what's happening with the kids as well, and uh, maybe you can kick off with the under 18s. I see, see what I did there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a one-all draw against Chelsea in the first leg of the FA Youth Cup at the, uh, the Academy. The half hour of which I watched. Um, so I can talk happily about that <laughs> and then might need some help. Um, yeah, they play good football. I think it's what you expect from an under-18 under eighteen side of a club managed by Guardiola. They look to pass out from the back. They're quite calm in possession. Um, some of them are very slight. And I think Chelsea looked a bit more physical, a bit ready. Um, but we played some decent football. And Phil, Phil, you probably missed Phil Foden's goal then. He's, played, he's had some first-team experience now as well. I saw the game. It was... Um yeah, it was nice passing. It was nice movement. They looked like a really professional outfit, as did Chelsea. They got done by uh, uh, the sucker punch. They missed some chances. You saw Pep Guardiola up in the stand. If he had any hair, he would have torn some more out. Um, it was a bit like watching the first team in a lot of ways, quite frankly. And um, yeah, they are quite small. Um, you wonder how many of them are going to make any sort of uh, headway in the professional game. As you as you have done over the the years gone by, when you know how many of the those guys have we seen anywhere near that's, the team? That's a big issue. I mean, it's an issue for another podcast, but the progression from that level through because Chelsea City has been the final. I think this is mm. the third year. Yeah, right. Chelsea have won it four of the last five, something like that. Yeah. And 
yeah, the step up, whether through giving a kid a chance, whether through a loan deal, sending them abroad, it's just not happening. That's a huge issue for yeah. the best teams. And if they're under 18, then if they're going to make it, they, 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 they're going to make it in a year or two, yeah. potentially. Can we also, because we haven't talked about the uh, the last league game, which I want to finish on, but before we do that, the women as well, of course. And I think that's what's so exciting about the club at the moment is this whole situation of the fact it's not just about the first team who are performing so well. We've also got, say, this youth team who have consistently over the last two or three years performed, and the women are absolutely storming away at the moment. I mean, I have no huge knowledge uh, of the team. And if I'm looking at uh, faces around the table, we've obviously got... Well, Carl. I'm looking at Lisa because she's a woman, so I'm assuming that's a that terrible she watches... Thing. It's an outrageous thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I certainly wouldn't even dream to go there. Uh, but I mean, we've got the Champions League. What Actually, semi- just semi-final on first that, um, from speaking with City that if you ranked all the male Premier League teams in terms of Facebook likes, City women would come seventh. Is that right? Ahead <laughs> of Everton, you know, take away the big six ahead of everyone else. <laughs> City genuinely care and Absolutely. give them a push and, and believe in them fully. They do. And I did so watch about two minutes of the game the other day, and they looked all right. But you know, um, we, so we're, we're in the semi-final first leg. I think it's Saturday against Lyon, isn't it? And we've already reached the the FA Cup final as well. So I think for me, that's what's so fantastic about the club itself. You know, we are really it's this this investment in the whole club right the way through, and we're taking it very very seriously. Yeah. So let, let's finish then on the on the game on Saturday then. And we talked about this attacking force, and we can kind of almost draw a line under the first half, I think, which was a a boring nil nil draw. But that second half. We we saw no, not not a board. No, I don't on, think you can then. ignore a first half in which we had all the ball and try to, 70, to find a seventy-two percent possession or something like that. And, and okay, it's frustrating. I don't think we did enough. We didn't create enough chances. But I'm sure it's all part of the process of trying to find that gap and tiring them out. Because then all it takes is one De Bruyne run from midfield that's not tracked. Because actually they've tracked five in the first half and they don't have the legs for the sixth. It's all. We we want to go 100% flat out first half, put the game to bed. But I think Pep's football is more logical, more patient than that. But a great second half, three great goals. And fantastic to see Vinny back. I think he quite enjoyed that goal. Did he not? Oh, brilliant reaction. <laughs> and I, I think it probably made most City fans quite emotional seeing him respond like that. But it's what I expect from him. But, I mean, it was like that goal he scored against United. It was very similar, and the reaction yeah. was very similar as well, wasn't yeah. it, as well? I mean, that, his will was what, was what actually got that ball into the net, wasn't it? He got in, in front of the defender, and he, I don't know how the keeper, I don't know what the keeper actually was sort of doing, but it just bounced past him, but he was going to score that goal. Look, I thought it was, in some ways, quite ironic after having passed the ball around for the first half, 800 passes or however many, that our goal came from a header from from its company from a corner. From a corner. Um, but you know that's the goal that you need. That then breaks the game down, opens it up, and then you get the chances to knock those knock the balls down and um, and uh, score those fantastic ones on the break. But it's the goal from the header from the corner that opens it up. And Sane's goal. Which which one did you enjoy the most? You like Sane's goal and finished off beautifully. I just love watching Sane play. So yeah, I mean he is he's the one that really excites me. Yeah. It I'd like going. to pat Sane's hair. <laughs> it feels like very bouncy hair. <laughs> just, think, just an observation there. <laughs> Should we do the next ten minutes on Sane's hair then for you, Stephen? We can so, do, yeah. Yeah, all right, we can do that. How it compares or, with Fellaini and David Luiz. So who's got the worst? Sane's is not as bad as Fellaini's, is it? Surely. No, Fellaini's looks straggly. 
it's funny you think you'd bounce off it, if we're going to talk about hair we're going to have to go back to the youth cup final last night because there were some serious hairdos on display from both teams um, they'd they'd spend more time doing their hair those kids than they did doing anything else before that game they were on the telly they were in the final our keeper the, i'm sorry i don't the know slick, what his name slick, was slick he had a, he yeah. had two tubes of hair gel on him yeah we had the the, the lad with the big afro and the uh, the furry bits on the side unbelievable yeah ha- ha- haircut- <laughs> positive discussion nigel <laughs> yeah well i'm very i'm very happy to go whether our listeners are or, well why not tweeters your favorite um footballer's haircut of the last 20 years then should we do that at city podcast we're on twitter um stephen is going with sarnes that he wants to pat uh nick here wants to have a word about uh, various uh, players last night lisa quite sensibly is keeping quiet about the whole thing um listen it's been a huge pleasure we're off to wembley we are off to Wembley again. Uh, so it's been a pleasure uh, having my three guests, Lisa, Stephen and Nick. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you all very soon. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network.